All right, we'll be in Jeremiah 31 this afternoon, Jeremiah 31. Great lunch today, folks. Good job. I'm too full to talk too long today. So you did your job well. Jeremiah 31, uh, we'll be looking at the continuation here of God speaking to the people um, about their restoration out of Babylon. As it says there in verse 1, At the same time, saith the Lord, Will I be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. And that's the same time as what we're just followed out of in Jeremiah chapter 30. So we're going to look at a few thoughts in this chapter this afternoon, and then we're going to head uh, to the nap time, all right? You can hold on for a few more minutes. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the great day that we've had. Thank you for the time of food and fellowship. And uh, Lord, it's just so great to see um, uh, church folks just enjoying each other's company. And Lord, I thank you for that opportunity that we have. Thank you now for this, uh, this chapter that we're about to look at, and I pray that we learn from it and be encouraged by it. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We see here again a few different verses kind of of restoration, so I'm going to kind of jump around in the chapter. We'll go back and forth in it a little bit today. Um, but we saw there in verse 1 again where God says, I will be their God. They will be my people. Look down in verse number 7. It says, For thus saith the Lord, Sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout amongst the chief of the nations. Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. And it says there in verse 8, I will bring them from the north country, and gather them from the coasts of the earth, and with them uh, the blind and the lame, the women of, with child, and her that travaileth with child together. A great company shall return thither. Again, that return, coming back together, the restoration uh, that is going to take place now uh, with uh, God's people. Look in verse uh, 17. And there is hope in thine end, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their own border. Again, the talking of the, the bringing out of the deliverance uh, from Babylon and the restoration that God is going to give to the people. Look up in verse number 25. For I have uh, satiated the weary soul and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. Again, that, that restoring, that bringing back to its uh, original beauty. Verse 26, Upon this I awaked and beheld and my sleep was, was sweet unto me. You think about someone who has been preaching, someone who has been proclaiming, someone who has been calling on repentance, someone who has been giving God's message to the people and being beaten and being ridiculed and being uh, um, abandoned, basically, by everyone else. And he says, I, I finally got some, some sweet sleep uh, there as well because of what God is doing with the people. Um, back in the beginning of the chapter, we see just as God is, is talking about what is to come, what is going to happen for the people. Verse 2, Thus saith the Lord, the people... Which were left of the sword uh, found, which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel. When I went to the, to cause him to rest, the Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee again. I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with the tabrets, and shalt go forth in the dances of them that make merry. Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall eat them as common things. So again, it's just it's that constant look back at the restoration, the bringing back, the, 
the, making things as they're supposed to be, as what they used to be even, in this case, uh, God re- bringing everything back into normal order, so to say. Verse 6 says, For there shall be a day that the watchman upon the Mount Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion unto the Lord our God. A call to worship uh, there for them. We've already looked at the deliverance there in verses 7 and 8. Verse 9, they're going to return. They shall come with weeping and with supplication will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the river of waters in a straight way wherein they shall not stumble for I am a father to Israel and Ephraim is my firstborn. You see again this return, this guidance now following God where God is telling them to go. He is is putting them in a place now as the psalm says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me to lie down in green pastures. Um, I may have misquoted that. No, I don't think so. Anyways, uh, that idea of that bringing in that, re- not only restoration, but now the guidance and the leadership that God is providing because while they were in Babylon, they weren't following God. Or that leading up to Babylon, they weren't following God. So this deliverance out of Babylon now, this deliverance out of captivity, this restoration that God has in store includes not only what was said in what verse number 3 is everlasting love and his loving kindness, but his leadership that he's giving back to the people. Now if they will listen, he will guide and he'll put them in places of blessings and of joy as we see in multiple different spots. Verse 12, uh, Therefore shall, uh, shall come and sing in the heights of Zion and shall flow uh, together to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and for wine and for oil and for the young flock of the herd, and their soul shall be as watered garden, and they shall not sorrow any more at all. That comes because of the leadership of God, the joy, the satisfaction. Uh, we read already in verse, I think it's verse uh, 25, I have satiated the weary soul and replenished every sorrowful soul. It is that satisfaction that comes with God's blessings and God's leadership. When we stray away from what God wants us to do, we're no longer walking under the hand of God, following His guidance and His leadership to bring uh, everlasting joy, uh, true fulfillment that we get from God. So then when we are walking with God, following Him, doing what He tells us to do, it is those green pastures. It is that running water. It is that joy and that satisfaction and that fulfillment that only God can give. And so He says in this return back now, that's what's coming. The water is going to flow. Um, there's going to be everything that is needed, both symbolically and literally, uh, here given to us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, verse 13, he says, Thou shalt the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young man and old together, and I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and make them rejoicing from their sorrow. What brings sorrow? Sin does. We've talked about that before. So then, when you are walking as in a forgiven state, when you are walking in a clean, pure state where your relationship with God is unhindered, it changes the mourning into joy. It changes the sorrow uh, into happiness. Um, verse 14, uh, again, he uses, I will satiate the soul of the priest with fatness, and my people will be satisfied, shall be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. And you see this, again, this, this whole chapter, and really chapter 30 was similar to this, the restoration and what comes with the restoration, the joy and the satisfaction and the fulfillment and the happiness that can come by following God. It's all here for us. Verse 18, I have surely heard 
uh, Ephraim, bemoaning himself thus, Thou hast chastised me, and I was chastised as a bullock uh, unaccustomed to the yoke. Turn thou me, and I shall be turned, for thou art the Lord my God. Sin brings sorrow. Repentance brings restoration. And that's exactly what's happening with these people. In their captivity, as we see it in Judges, very similar as well, in their captivity, there finally came a point where they said, God, we need you. God, we want to serve you. God, we have sinned. Forgive us. And that's when God brings deliverance. It's the same is true in our lives today. Sure, we're not going to be taken captive by Babylon, but our sin makes us captives, makes us prisoners. And here we are walking around life as a prisoner to sin and to call on God and finally say, God, I have sinned. God, I need you. God, forgive me. God says, I will forgive you. And the bars come off. And that freedom and that restoration and that joy and that happiness and that satisfaction comes from God when you're seeking it from God. You're not going to be satisfied by God when you're seeking it from something in this world. Um, you know, I've, I've, uh, you think about people who've gotten caught up in addiction. They're seeking satisfaction from a substance of some kind or something, and they're never going to find it. Um, but in God, you can find satisfaction. You can find fulfillment. But it's not going to come until you repent of the sins in life. Uh, verse 20, is Ephraim my dear son, is he, pleasant, is he a pleasant child? For since I spake against him, I do earnestly remember him still. Therefore my bowels are troubled for him. I will surely have mercy upon him, saith the Lord. You see a compassion from God as, as a parent would have on a child. Just because the child's been bad doesn't mean the parent disowns the child. You shouldn't. I know we joke about it sometimes. But just because a child goes, does something they shouldn't do doesn't mean the parent goes, I don't know you. Get out of my house. Uh, you're not my child anymore. You didn't make your bed the right way. Right? That's not the way that it works. There's still love and compassion and even something far more significant than making the bed. A parent still loves their child and still has compassion for them. And God still had compassion over his children even though they had gone a, a direction that was wrong for so many years. Um, verse 21, Set thee up waymarks, make thee high heaps, set thine heart toward the highway, even the way which thou wentest. Turn again, O virgin of Israel, turn again to these cities. Come on back. Look to your return. Don't lose sight. Uh, prepare as well for this return. Uh, we looked at a few verses there. Verse 27, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and with the seed of beast. And it shall come to, you, to pass that like as I have watched over them to pluck up and to break down and to throw down and to destroy and to afflict, so will I watch over them to build and to plant, saith the Lord. God was there. It was his reasoning, right, that they went into captivity, that they got torn down. And God says, just as I was there during that process, I too will be here during the rebuilding process. I will help you build and prepare for you. Verse 30, But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eateth the sour grape, his teeth shall be set on edge. Look back in verse 29. I shouldn't have skipped that one. It says, In those days that shall say no more, the fathers have eaten the sour grape, and the children's teeth are set on edge. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eateth the sour grape, his teeth shall be set on edge. No longer will the children be paying the, the consequences from what the parents did. 
They were in Babylon long enough where a new generation came along and they weren't the ones that were doing the sinning that God was punishing. And he said, now this generation will be responsible for their own sins. The consequences that they have, it'll be because of what they do, not because of what their fathers did. The one who eats the sour grape, that's the one whose teeth is going to rot. Um, that's, that's the way it's going to work uh, here now. Um, verse 33, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will, uh, will be their God and they shall be my people. Look in verse 20, uh, 34. I love this verse. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. Now, at first thought, you'd say, that doesn't sound like a good thing. They're not going to teach that anymore, that they need to know the Lord. No, but why not? Right in the middle of the verse. For they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. There's, there's going to be this drawing to God. Um, this, and God says, this full restoration is happening, and it's going to happen right here. And we're going to bring everybody in, and I'm going to be their God and they're going to be my people, and that's how it's going to go moving forward. There's forgiveness uh, in there as well as he says, I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. But that's not the end of God's giving. Verse 35, Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for light by day and the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. God is still giving today to us, giving whether it be the sun for light, or whether it be the stars and the ordinances and all that kind of stuff for light at night. Uh, he controls the waves. He controls the earth. You hear a lot uh, in society about Mother Earth, and uh, the reality is it's the Father that controls all. And, uh, and we see this here. And He still gives to us everything that is needed uh, for our daily living as well. Um, and that verse also, of course, points out His power. Uh, there also. Uh, look down in verse 38. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the city shall be built to the Lord from the tower of um, Hananiel unto the gate of the corner, for, and the measuring line shall yet go forth over against upon the hill of Gareb, and shall com compass about uh, to Goath. And the whole valley of the dead bodies, and of the ashes, and of all the fields under the brook of Kidron, under the corner of the horse gate toward the east, shall be holy unto the Lord. It shall not be plucked up nor thrown down anymore forever. God says we're going to build, I'm going to rebuild, and I'm going to establish something that cannot be destroyed. And I'm telling you, as many people, if you read your Bible and you learn about God's hand over Israel, uh, it doesn't take much history lessons to realize Israel, by man's knowledge, should not exist anymore. Yet it does. And there's a reason for it, because God made a promise. And he establishes, and this rebuilding that's going to happen, and yes, other things have happened, and, and things over history have come, and, and the challenges have been made, and, and different difficulties have gone on, but God says, my, uh, my establishment will not fail. What I build will not be torn down by any man. Um, it lasts as long as I desire for it to last. And here this rebuild is an important rebuild, for God's people here in this time. Uh, next, next week, when we get into Jeremiah 32, we're actually going to go uh, back in time a little bit before uh, the Babylonian captivity and look at some more thoughts uh, from there in Jeremiah 32. 
Uh, all right, we're going to pray in just a moment. Thank you so much for being here uh, today. Again, lunch was phenomenal today. Y'all did a, a great job uh, with that. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, if you can be here, we'd love to, love to have you here as we're walking through Psalms and doing our prayer time as well. In the coming weeks, I'm going to start uh, making some more announcements about our kids' extravaganza coming up in June as we need to begin preparing for that and getting ready for that and uh, figuring out what kind of things we need and, and whatnot from there. Um, for those of you that live in Richmond, if you can please be very aware of good, free marketing opportunities, newspapers, um, TV stations, catalogs, magazines, whatever, if you have anywhere that you know of that would be a good place for us to put a kid's extravaganza, um, get that promoted somehow, especially if it's free. If it costs, get the cost, uh, but especially if it's free, we're all, we're all about that. Um, we're going to put some money into it too, but... Uh, um, for those of you, especially that live in Richmond, if you know of, of Richmond things that we can do, uh, Madison County things that we can do, uh, please let me know. Write it down or text me or email me or something uh, so we have it somewhere in writing. But um, uh, start thinking about those kind of things and, um, and whatnot. But we'll give you some more details as we get a little bit closer, but I need to start really uh, hammering this down because June is really, really close um, as well. Uh, Lord's been really good to us last week. A uh, great crowd, uh, good crowd this week as well. Good to see um, uh, the entire Jeremiah family here today. And uh, it was great having uh, Harold and Tabitha back with us as well. 